Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. Hi, this is Aviva Richmond from Hadar, sharing thoughts on Parshat Pinchas. Moshe's Mitzvah for God. In this week's Parsha, we find a slight variation on one of the most common verses in the Torah. This minor shift in words reflects a profound revolution. At the end of his life, Moshe takes a leap in how he speaks to God and how he shows up for the people. One of the most common verses in the Torah, to the point that we hardly pay attention to it, is the verse, God spoke to Moshe, saying, In Parshat Pinchas, we find the same formula, but for Moshe, addressing God. Moshe. El Adonai Lemor. Moshe spoke to God, saying. This sentence comes right after God reaffirms that Moshe will not enter the land, and it introduces Moshe's request for a new leader. It is the only time in the entire Torah that we find this exact formulation for how Moshe speaks to God. Why should this speech act of Moshe be introduced with this particularly important formulation? To understand the significance of this formula in this instance, we first need to understand it more broadly. The phrase, God spoke to Moshe saying, seems to indicate a speech act that conveys expectation. On the most basic level, when God speaks to Moshe with the formula, God spoke to Moshe saying, it conveys an expectation to follow these instructions. It denotes the highest level of expectation, a mitzvah. Beyond this straightforward interpretation, Midrash describes a different kind of expectation to the word lemor, saying. Rather than expecting obedience to an authoritative command, lemor indicates that God expects to hear Israel's response, to be sure that Israel has heard and accepted the words it introduces. According to the Midrash, Sifrezuta, it is this softer meaning that applies to our verse in Pinchas, when Moshe speaks to God about a new leader, he is not commanding God. Rather, the formulation tells us that Moshe is seeking an answer, that he wants an immediate response from God. The Midrash associates this speech act with other times Moshe turns to God with the final word, Lemor. Even though Moshe generally functions without knowing what the future holds, in these moments, the word Lemor indicates that Moshe urgently needs to know God's plan. Will God redeem the people from Egypt or not? Will God heal Miriam or not? In Parshat Pinchas, Moshe demands to know from God whether a new leader will be appointed in his place. This Midrash suggests that Moshe has real doubts about whether God means to appoint a new leader. His statement does not stem from the concern about who will be the next leader, but about whether God plans to appoint another leader at all. This striking uncertainty makes sense when we recall how often God has threatened to destroy the people and has only backed off because of Moshe's protests. Moshe may be anxious that once he dies, God will neglect the people and not give them a leader who, among other things, will defend them when God gets angry. The people will flounder and fail. He has to know God's plan. Sifri Zuta makes a choice to read Moshe's speech act here as similar to other times Moshe was plagued with doubt and needed an answer. But this minimizes the way in which the verse is actually sui generis. The full formulation Moshe spoke to God saying that mimics how God delivers mitzvot to the people 
reads very differently from the times Moshe is uncertain and wants a response from God. Moshe becomes someone new here. He has no doubts about the future. He knows there needs to be a new leader. He is not waiting for a response from God about whether God will appoint a new leader. For the first time in his long relationship with God, he instructs God in what to do, using the same exact language God does when giving instruction. Moshe gives God a mitzvah. Indeed, the modern commentary of Rashim Shon Rafael Hirsch on this verse describes what Moshe is doing as an act carrying legal authority. This introductory language teaches that the following words are not a request, but in the form of a decree. Moshe felt the need for an heir to be appointed for him once he was informed of his impending death, since he wasn't speaking of personal benefit, but of a decree on behalf of the community, he dared to express the words in this language. Rav Hirsch does not mince words. The language is very clear that Moshe is not making a request for a leader, and not even a demand. It is an authoritative command. Moshe takes on a role that has been only played by God thus far, to articulate a legally binding expectation. This is not just daring, it is shocking. It is exactly what Sifre Zuta wants to tame and subvert by reading this in line with other requests Moshe makes to know what God plans. The role of Moshe's speech act here becomes even more prominent when we compare it to the retold version of the story in Sefer Devarim. There, when God tells Moshe he will not enter the land, Moshe turns towards God, asking about himself that he be able to enter the land. God resists and also tells him that Yehoshua will lead the people in his place. The appointment of Yehoshua is part of rebuffing Moshe. Yet in Parshat Pinchas, when Moshe hears he will not go into the land, he does not ask about himself. He only asks after a leader for the people. The idea for a new leader originates with Moshe, not with God. Yehoshua's appointment is a fulfillment of Moshe's explicit instruction, not a rebuff. One Midrash suggests that Moshe was inspired by the daughters of Tzlafcha. They were so concerned about how their inheritance would be passed down that they approached Moshe, and ultimately God made a new law. Now Moshe is concerned about passing down his own inheritance to a new leader and takes initiative when he sees no plan. While the daughters of Tzlafcha elicited a new law from God, Moshe goes even further and creates a new law for God. What led Moshe to engage in such an outlandish exercise to give God a mitzvah? Rav Hirsch explains that it is because he's acting not for himself, but out of his concern for the people. This isn't about ego or a claim of authority. It grows from him feeling fully invested in and responsible for the people's well-being. This mitzvah leaps out from him for the good of the people. Coming at the end of a relationship with God that has developed over decades, this verse represents a climax Moshe has learned so much from God by being on the receiving end of mitzvah. In an expression of growth and mutuality in their relationship, he now embodies that learning himself and takes initiative to give God a mitzvah for the sake of the people. Perhaps Moshe's one mitzvah to God can teach us about mitzvot more broadly. Mitzvot stem from an intense love and concern for the people, represent clarity on a specific way to enact that love. Mitzvot may also be a way of leaving a legacy of investment that comes from an awareness of impending departure. And in the context of Moshe's impending departure, his legacy mitzvah informs us about all the others. In light of Moshe's audacious instruction to God to appoint a worthy leader for the people, 
Perhaps we may understand all of the mitzvot in the Torah as sharing these attributes. They too are specific instantiations of God's intense love and care and what God wants to leave us with for our well-being when God is not immediately present. Shabbat Shalom. This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.